What's going on, everybody? Corey here. Welcome back to another Fly Casual. What? Yep, two weeks in a row. Who'd have thought we're even capable? Hey, be grateful for what we give you. You are... I'm eating goldfish. Fly Casual. Let's get ready to ring Be thankful for what we give you. <laughs> wow. Wow. Huh. That was that was an intro. I've nope. had enough of all your sass. <laughs> no true words can be spoken. Enough of all your sass. You want to know something about goldfish? He's eating goldfish. I used to hate goldfish. I know. I told him I wasn't going to record, and then he coaxed me into recording. Goldfish and then the he is still snack. eating goldfish. I am not going to start the podcast until after he's done. You have to stop, you have to stop talking so people can hear the crunch delicious. Tell no, me they don't want to hear. Who wants to sit and listen with their headphones on or in the car or wherever they're listening to your podcast? Who wants to sit and hear you crunch goldfish? Like wow. live guys, goldfish. We're being forced to do it right can, now. You guys ever heard of ASMR? Asthmer? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Is that Ash to Mouth? Look it up. Something? Look it up, listener. That's what this is. I'm just saying, I hate a goldfish and then I had a kid and kids goldfish is it's like kid crack. So we started stocking goldfish all the time and then the kid didn't want it as often. And suddenly there was a surplus of goldfish thing going on. Somebody's got to eat all these goldfish. Goldfish. And now it's like the go-to snack late at night where I'm too lazy to do anything else, but I don't want to eat a ton of something. So I eat a ton of goldfish. I love when we went to Sam's club and bought a big, uh, pint like milk jug of them pint milk jug dude that thing is like three (laughs) gallons yeah three gallon milk container of goldfish those things last forever the problem is you're always like tipping over that big giant thing i like the boxes that have the two two or three sacks of goldfish in them you do like sex Mm, i am a big fan of sex like putting the sacks in his mouth i like hot sacks very hot sacks Mm. (laughs) as much sacks as i can get sacks in the morning Sacks in the evening. Uh-huh. Little afternoon delight sacks. I'm, I'm a sax addict. Yep. Mm. Like yeah. Like sacks in the book. Sacks at noon. Mm. I like afternoon. alto sax. Yep. Like soprano sax. Like t- tenor sax. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There, Kenny G. The Barry sax. Let's not get it. Well, yeah, I played the Barry sax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Play that good. I'm sorry, but the uh, soprano sax is sexy. I don't know about yeah. that. I don't know about that, Kenny G. Uh, I love. I used Clinton was good at okay. This is one thing that I know will that's music. People will laugh at me for, but I used to love. I still love Kenny G. Really? Oh yeah, (laughs) it puts me to sleep. Well, maybe that's that's why. Maybe that's why I love him. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. I guess if I if I used him as more of a utility, I'd appreciate him more. (laughs) Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back, Flight Casual. Pleasure. The only podcast that scolds you for listening. Uh, I'm your host, Mr. Yeah. Corey T. How Wilson. dare are you? You're doing over there on the left, uh, staring at his phone and his computer simultaneously, is Mr. Michael J.R. Why are you tuning in? Why are you listening to this garbage? Do I you, don't know. Okay, do we, dude. Do we have a really dang dude? Two in. You don't, tune in. You <laughs> don't tune in to podcasts. Huh? There's no tuning. Like download. Oh no, Mike uh, has. Mike has. Uh, he actually has uh, manual dials. <laughs> I have a transistor radio at home. No, yeah, he's got the whole ham set up. He's got a big antenna on the Hello? room. Do you have to wait for a certain his iPhone into? You have to wait for a certain time to 
listen. Yeah, I do. Yeah, Seriously. when when there isn't as much bandwidth traffic. Mike, yep. pull up your podcast app. Everybody, listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's somebody I know in Germany that pulls it up on his phone and he puts it up to the microphone. And I listen to it that way. <laughs> Everything is fine. <laughs> That's a callback. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was. Mike's, Mike's all calm. Aww. Like, hey, how you doing there? Uh, how you doing there, Hans? Three, four, four, nine. Guten, Guten Abend. Is that, is that how German people speak to uh, Your English you? is bad enough. Your German is even worse. Thank you. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. Das ist nicht so cool. <laughs> das Boot. Das Boot. All I remember are all the fake German names we came up with back in college, like Elite de Handelbauschen. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's all the German I know. It's funny if you think about it. <laughs> Because it says handle balls. Over there, Master Master Control, Mr. Stephen J. Howie. Um, I am sensitive enough to our listeners that I do not eat on the mic. On the mic. He almost said on the podcast, and he goes, well, that would be disingenuous. (laughs) (laughs) Mike would be offended. Mm Mm-hmm. I you can't offend. Me. I I eat on my Ike. We only eat sushi off Mike, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I am not offended by that at all. Button. You can objectify me. I'm telling you, all you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he invites it, <laughs> encourages it, demands it, <laughs> cries if he doesn't get it. <laughs> and cross spawn down a few is Mr. Garrick, not Jay Hardy. I like eating off Mike. Gives that yeah. salty flavor. Mm. You don't have to use the table salt. Salty balls. Yep, it's all built in. He's yeah. like, soy sauce be yeah. damned. I'm just going to lick a little bit out of the armpit. <laughs> no, mm, come that on. Old spice? That's grody. Speed mm. stick. It smells like teen spirit. <laughs> <laughs> it's brute. I'm, just, I'm just <laughs> brute. telling you. <laughs> People still wear brute. Man. Yeah, it's everywhere. me. Are you kidding? Hell yeah! My dad used to wear brute uh, aftershave when I was That's a kid. That's what I use, buddy. No, it's, see, I don't. Require a- it's an Avon roll-on deodorant. Oh wow! There you go. Uh, Avon roll-on. No, I sport the uh, Old Spice stick. Mm. See, I'm, I'm, go. I'm I use Degree Sport because of how sporty I am. I use my natural musk. <laughs> my natural <laughs> musk. Your musk, yeah. Yep. You well, you me. do have one of those faces. True. It's pretty forgetful. <laughs> you and McConaughey hang out, do you? Swap yeah. up right, personal right, hygiene right. stories. Yeah, yeah. We, they just we, swap personal hygiene. We beat hygiene. the bongo together, if you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Oh, heck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sweaty like Mike. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Sweaty Mike. Hey, guess Friday. what, guys? We have a special treat. We do? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to bat it over to Garrett because I don't know what yeah. it is yet. <laughs> we're podcasting. So here at uh, Fly Casual, we're always trying to spice things up a bit. Yeah, we do. Yeah, mm. we are. So we're trying to come uh, up with some. Like music. eating sushi off me. So I got a new segment here for you guys. Oh, boy. This one's for you, where we salute. One person from the Star Wars universe. You know, Garrick's like my wife when she goes to an antique store and she wants to get a good price on something. She'll she'll take the Frank from uh, from American Pickers routine and go, I'm going to get something else. I'm going to try to get a bundle price. And she'll walk right up and she'll be like, what can I get for a bundle? And hold the things out. I'm like, you're not supposed to call it out. You don't sit there and say, I'm going to bundle it. You, you just try to talk them no. on, you know, she didn't get, and then breaking have, the fourth wall. We there. have, yeah, Garrick here. Who's like pulling the, uh, pulling the like 20 years uh, into David Letterman's career and going, well, we got a new segment. We got a new segment. We got a new segment. Well, we got a, we got like a, we're going to try something out on you. That's 186 episodes in bro. It's true. Yeah. That's true. Thanks for getting that in Garrick. Try to spice things up. Yeah. So somebody forgot. So this one's for you guys. So I'm going to, 
This is where we salute one of our Star Wars characters. So let me just take you down the rabbit hole. Here we go. You know, Star Wars is known for many things. Epic space battles. Oh, yeah. Deep philosophical concepts. Yep. Colorful characters. Very. And of course, the one thing it's most famous for. Puns. People losing body parts. <laughs> My favorite That's part. Right. Not a movie goes by where there isn't a dismemberment, decapitation, evisceration, a lightsaber, hemocorporectomy, or whatever the hell the technical term for whatever happened to Anakin is. However, the worst case of being cut in hands are good. (laughs) However, through all of this delimbing, there is one character that may have actually gained limbs in the Star Wars universe. That's right. The character in question was originally named Monster Number 21 <laughs> while they were in development for their debut in Return of the Jedi in 1983. After the huge success of the final movie in the trilogy, Kenner started doing going full speed ahead and pumping out action figures, trying to fill the shelves of KB toy stores everywhere. In 1984, near the downslope of the action figure craze, an action figure of Monster 21 was hastened to market with little or no thought to the design of the character. After their initial release, the figure would later go through many different variations, including repacks being put in a multi-figure playset, made into plushy, written into novels, drawn into comics, and role-playing source materials. And in the mid-2010s, Monster 21 achieved the highest honor any fictional character can receive. They were made... Having phone music played behind them. (laughs) They were made into a Funko Pop vinyl. Flocked even. Through all these variations, this character remained largely the same body design. One head, two arms, a torso, two legs. But was this true to the character that appeared in the film? In rushing the character into production, Kenner may have started a trend that would break the Star Wars canon into a billion shards like an exploding Death Star. You see, this character was never supposed to have legs. Yes. In late February 2013, this huge continuity error was finally brought to the attention of Pablo Hidalgo by an illustrator named Brandon Bird. You see, Brandon was trying to find a full body shot of the character, but none existed. And Brandon was sure that Monster 21 was never supposed to have legs in the first place. Once Pablo was alerted to the issue, you would think he would respond like he normally does with sarcasm and a hand-drawn sketch of Soundwave thumping (laughs) Grimlock or something. But this question troubled Pablo. It shook him to the very core because of the fact that Brandon could be right. Pablo then raced down to the Disney vault in search of the design schematics from Return of the Jedi to see if he could put this question to rest once and for all. It was down there in that bottomless void, somewhere between the VH copy of The Little Mermaid. I was going to say the Aristocats. (laughs) You know the one I'm talking about. And the only existing DVD of Song of the South (laughs) that Pablo found the dusty folder he was looking for. With a zeal uncommon for his normally laid back demeanor, he tore open the cover and rifled through the pages. That's when he found it. The original design for Monster 21. He poured over the original sketches, the pictures from the original sculpted model, and several pictures from the set of the movie. His eyes roamed across the pages and the pages for Monster 21, and they all showed the same thing. One head, one torso, two arms, 
and the magic bullet that would bring Star Wars down. A torso that terminated at one lone butt crack. <laughs> you Back see, Kinner you had live. messed up in their rush to market. They had got the design all wrong. This was another unmitigated disaster like the blue Snaggletooth figure. You see, Monster 21 was never supposed to have legs. After Kinner had made the figure, novelists, comic artists, and future toy developers has all used the original figure as their template. And it was all dead wrong. This is why this one is for you, Monster 21, and your telltale butt crack. The only Star Wars character to ever gain limbs in the universe, or as we know him better as now, Max Rebo. <gasps> what? Bum, bum, bum. And that's the rest of the story. <laughs> nice. Uh, I'm nice. gonna have to. I'm gonna have to issue a correction. Yeah, there is another character that has gained limbs in the Star oh. Wars universe. Who's yep. that? My Trandoshan. IG-88 started off as a coffee maker with no arms and legs. <laughs> he was. He was, yeah, in, true. he was in a new hope. Yeah, he was. <laughs> as a coffee maker, and he gained four limbs. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yep. And technically, at one point, 3PO was a torso. <laughs> yeah, but you're talking about robot. Yeah, robots. those are robots. You said characters. Droids. If a robot's not a character, you're racist and I'm done. No. Okay. They're not really people. They're not people like (laughs) you and me. (laughs) They don't bleed like you and me. They don't have feelings. Do you bleed? (laughs) Superman quote. Come on. (laughs) What? It's a good movie. A quote that got a callback in the following movie from Superman. (laughs) Yeah. Remember remember that in the the follow-up in Justice League? They they brought that line back. Because yeah. it's not good enough to for the line to suck once. They have to grind it into you like a sweaty, nasty stripper. It's better when it's said through a uh, like a, a mouth that had a CGI no mustache in it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Just brush away the stash. Very well done. Uh, much knowledge brought to us. So much knowledge, you've surpassed the need for me to punctuate it with yeah. a Porkins theme. Well, you know, and that was a great segment there. That segment. Thanks. If you like really that segment, enjoyable. let us know. We'll, we'll do more. Mm-hmm. Or not, we'll we still have to do have a more. Name or not, if you hated it, let me know, and then we'll never do it ever again. We need a name, a name for the segment, like uh, hashtag name segment, like Garrick does Ken Burns Star Wars, <laughs> or I don't know. Oh, I think you already had a name. The, wait, 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 wait. This one's for you, Paul Harvey. This one's for Garrick you. Hardy. There's got to be something we can do with that. There's got to be something we can do with that. Paul Hardy or Garrick Harvey. Uh, now you know the rest, the rest of the of the story. No, copyright infringement. That's the yeah, we, of the story. We've never cared now about you copyright. Know the rest of the saga. <laughs> there you dun, go. Dun, dun, fixed it. Nailed it. Fixed. Rest of the saga done. That's right. Print. You know what that means? What time? It's time for some reviews. Comics and books and comics and movies and comics. Books and comics. No books came out, just comics, goon comics. Hey, guys. A lot of, com- a lot of comics came out. Oh, yeah, right. But hey, right. Instead of reviewing We're gonna review all, all- would take. Oh, oh. There was literally 500 comics that have come out since last time we did this. So That's sorry, man. Sad. A handful literally of them were Star Wars. Yeah, that, some of them were Star Wars. Yeah. So, yeah. Not so instead of 
breaking down each comic, I'm just going to break down the top five things I thought stood out since last time we recorded in the comics world. So here we go. Let's start with number five. Number five. Added inner monologue to the last Jedi comic. So some of you may not know or some of you may know that the last Jedi was a movie that came out that featured the Star Wars. And now they're making a comic adaptation of the movie. And And I know. Thank God that (laughs) movie is art. (laughs) <laughs> on cinema screen. Oh, I'm glad we got good. Hi. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, so some of us may not be, you know, giant fans of the movie, but the comic, though badly drawn, does have some pretty good introspective moments in it, uh, the, including some inner monologue when Luke is training Ray, and also from Leia when she's floating out in space. So, some of these, some of the stuff is pretty cool. Like, you get a very deep look into Luke and here, let me just read some of the lines from uh, the comic and tell me what you think. So while uh, Luke is training Ray and he's out on the little uh, force pedestal or whatever it's called, he says so much time here alone, closing myself off from the force. I had forgotten how much solitude has cost me until she came and reminded me. I realize now the true cost of my isolation is not the disconnection from the force itself, but whom it connects me to, those I love the most, and out of self selfish pity, abandoned. That's much better um, <laughs> inner monologue than anything that I was communicated in the movie. Yeah. So this scene takes place, and he's kind of laying his hands on the force pedestal, opening it, and this is when he first opens himself back up to the force. Right. And of course, we don't see this. That uh, we don't hear this or see it, really see this in the movie. And then or, at that moment, he. It, immediately connects to Leia while she's laying up in her bed. We really don't hear Luke actually express any remorse whatsoever for the decisions that he's made. So I thought this was really cool. I think uh, for the movie actually colored it a lot better for me. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish it had made it in, but I mean, this is what the, what the comics do. And this is why I love them is they always add little little tidbits to the comic adaptations of the movie to kind of, add some color to what you saw in the movie. They're literally painting things in a shade that could have maybe been done clearer, or maybe they didn't have time for, you know? Yeah. So exactly. And then there's a, a introspective moment with Leia while she's floating in space where she's talking about the future and how it's difficult, how Luke taught her is difficult to see. And she, she, she should gets, really be focusing on not dying. <laughs> yeah. She's like, Oh, basically she looks in the force and she sees like, this isn't her end. And well, she asks herself, is this the end? And she's like, and then she says, like hell. And then that's when she pulls herself back. To the that's ship. when she headbutts her way back <laughs> like into the hell. ship. Yeah, it's like, that's a pretty cool moment. I mean, that, that really upped, that, upped the game for that moment for me. So, yeah, I like it. pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. So that was, that was good. What's next on our list? Number four, Master Bar was actually the one who beat the Empire. From what? Darth Vader 17. So in Darth Vader comic, this just takes place on Mon Cala. Uh, and Darth Vader's hunting down one of the last remaining Jedi. Uh, and he comes across Master Bar, who is a new character to the comic series. And during the storyline, he, he kind of seems like a, a not-so-good Jedi. Maybe like a gray Jedi. And he actually fights Vader and he instigates the war on Mon Cala. 
that ends up tipping Moncala toward the rebellion. Oh, so Put a I little thought, a little bit of early Darth Cadis going on. Yeah, I thought this was like a exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what what brought to me like doing the bad thing for the uh, ultimate better outcome. I love was, stories like that where someone yeah. literally has to do something terrible <laughs> for the long term. Yeah, he yeah. what he did is he tricked the king into attacking the empire, or he attacked the empire and then tricked the king into uh, escalating the battle, which ended up tipping Mon Cal into the to the rebellion side. Which huh. and that ended up basically defeating the empire right there because once the the Mon Cal cruisers came on, they kind of used that as the, the linchpin of the fleet. Yeah, without them, yeah, it nothing. probably couldn't happen. So I thought that was. That was kind of a huge moment in the Star Wars universe, and I thought it was kind of cool how they handled it in the comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dig that. Yeah. I appreciate that. Now, Mike, you read this, right? I did. Yeah, I like you read it. Yeah, <laughs> I I, my blowing things. No, out. no, that's a, yeah. I, I thought the same thing, and and uh, yeah, I, the, his whole arc because I didn't see him that way. I just thought he was going to be another Jedi and all that, and, and just kind of it, it's not that he was dark like you're saying. He was just he, I don't know. He just. He wasn't dark or light. He was. He kind of walked that gray line and uh, and betrayed some people in the process. And it was that was very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, and so. unfortunately, he did die in this series, so we won't see much more of him unless they do a backstory. Uh, so that, yeah, that was cool. But moving on, number three, Master Bar orders. Order 66 against the Inquisitors. <laughs> that was pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so Master Bar is, like we mentioned before, a new character, but he uh, he's getting attacked by uh, the Sith Inquisitors and Darth Vader himself uh, when he realizes that the stormtroopers they brought with them are actually clone troopers. And he tells them to execute Order 66, and they do it on the Inquisitors. <laughs> and if you remember, the Inquisitors are former Jedi. Yeah. So when he basically he just yells out, execute Order 66, the clones turn on the Inquisitors. It was <laughs> pretty sweet. That sounds like something Petrie would try to pull on a roll. <laughs> but it was hilarious. Well, he and has- then he would roll like 12 sixes or botch. <laughs> I'm using command. <laughs> What are you going to say? <laughs> so, yeah, he basically screwed himself and, and the Jedi that were remaining with him. But it ended up he ended up causing him to escape. So I thought that was great because that happened at the end of Darth Vader 16. And that was kind of the, the last frame where he orders Order 66. And they're like, oh, crap, <laughs> that really works. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. So that was that was a good moment. I thought good touch on Darth Vader 16. That so was a nice two, twist. Dr. Afra phones a quote unquote friend from Dr. Afra 20 and 21. So uh, Afra left off and she's on a penal colony now that's kind of floating <laughs> in prison. <laughs> he said penal. Penal. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> she's <I sound> like <laughs> Afra 20 and 21 are probably colony some of the best like comics to me. that have come out recently because she's on this prison planet and she has this grand plan to escape but of course with Afra it doesn't quite go according to plan and she actually phones a friend which if you've been keeping up with the Afra comics she doesn't really have any friends because she ends up driving them away because she's all about she's pretty selfish and all about the money she actually phones Sana Staros aka Sana Solo to come help her and then later we find out in Afra 21 she actually called Harrison Dula for help because <laughs> she 
still has a, a encryption key on some secret intel from the Empire that Hera needs. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> She's trying it all she can, calling Hera and and uh, Sana to team up and try to save her from this prison colony thing. So yeah, good stuff. Just, I like it. Uh, yeah. And coming in at number one. Number one. Best from, featured moment from all them darn Star Wars. From comics. the Star Wars series, number 49, Akbar joins the rebellion. So, Star Wars and Darth Vader are taking place both on Moncala, obviously decades apart. Uh, uh, Darth Vader obviously take, taking place sooner, and Star Wars taking place later. Uh, the events in the Star Wars comic main title line, uh, it shows kind of the story of how Akbar joined the rebellion. Really? And it's really cool. Yeah. So there and you go. Radis. Akbar and Radis. Yeah. So yeah, it's kind of this tale of, I guess, to Mon Cal, like Darth Vader's, the story of how Radis decided to like, screw this, I'm joining the rebellion. And then the Star Wars main line is how Akbar's, Kind of did the exact same thing. So I gotta say, Radis is becoming one of my favorite oh, really? yeah. characters. He's yes. like a cantankerous little Mon Cal. I love right. Him. I mean, everybody <laughs> loves Akbar, and Ak- but Akbar is more of a tactician and it really thought out. And Radis is more of a let's just go get this shit done. Where like ram him. <laughs> where else have we seen Radis? Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue One was where we were. Introduced that was the blue Radis. The right. the blue Mon Cal at the at the table. Yes, but right. he's he's popping up in comics and and different things. And and uh, well, obviously the two comics that Garrick is referencing because he's in both, mm. right? He's in both of those. He's in the Vader comic when they're defending against. Uh, I don't believe he's in the Star Wars one because that takes place after. Oh, after Rogue One, right, yeah. right, right, right. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, hell, I mean, but they still reference him in the uh, in the newest timeline in the Poe Dameron uh, yeah. comic. They're they're on the the, the Mon Cal cruiser, the Radis. So oh, nice. <laughs> that means he's dead. Guys. It does yeah. mean he's dead. But I, I just love that they've taken a new character and they've really just melded him into the lore. Into As the lore. I love there. it. Right. Do more. I love it. I love that. Yeah, that's that's the the best part about the comics. Is there? Yeah. I think they're taking more chances now. It seems like they're, they're, they're working with major characters back there. Well, and they're the guys uh, even more so than the, the novel guys, the comic guys are the ones that are tying it all together. And I love that. That's the stuff that I loved about the legends. They're weaving continuity from the movies, from the books, from clone wars, from rebels, everything. They're just weaving it all together. and And this is kind of where everything ties together. And it's really awesome. So if you're not into comics, I suggest you get into them some way or another, because you're you're gonna miss out on a lot of stuff if you're not getting into them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I guess that's where I wish the, like the 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 movie, the movies I'm kind of half and half with, right? Because like the saga movies really aren't good at tying any of that stuff together because those guys are out there and they're creating the new thing, and I get that, I guess, to a certain extent. But then you got Rogue One and you've got Solo, and I, those were both of those. I feel like are in that same wheelhouse where you know with the comics and and you know the other stuff that's being produced like with the animated series and and things like that. So I just, I guess I wish the, the saga films at some point would be do better at tying in different elements from the universe. Right. Yeah. The new universe that's being created. The new universe. Yeah. Poe Dameron. I didn't mention Poe Dameron in this, but it's, I don't blame you. 
I think it, it was awful. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was too bad. It kind of uh, takes place. It's kind of the backstory behind the two saga movies. That, that last. Yeah, but that last one was literally half the comic was them rehashing the that's Force Awakens. The, yeah, that's all. I'm the like, comic what? Did. It's basically yeah, they're rehashing the events that kind of took place behind the scenes of the last. Two just movies. just to remind you what's going on in the Poe comics right now. We're literally at the the last couple issues have been um, Finn Poe and Ray on the Falcon right after the events of the Last Jedi. Yeah, and they're kind of just rehashing everything that's happened. Well, to them. see, Mike, every now and then to save money. Because you didn't get your advertising budget in, <laughs> you've got to do you've got to do the flashback episodes. Yeah, well, you know, Family I mean, Ties. Did, Family Ties did it once a season, bro. Where you just sit around and refer to old clips from old shows. There's cool, and parts somehow that translates to comics. There's like cool parts that are in, like sprinkled in a little bit. Like, uh, for instance, Ray was having C3PO translate the Jedi text. Yeah, and that was sort hate, of, but then they didn't really do anything with it. Yeah, I mean, that, we that, hate on the. On the Poe Dameron comic a lot, but that's the uh, of all the writers of all the writing that has to be done in all of Star Wars right now. That's the job I'd want least because you're completely shackled because he's yes. one of the main characters yeah. in the trilogy yes. that remains unresolved. They're, yeah, they're they're doing what they can as as best as they can. I mean, I feel like they could just, do more well, <laughs> at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but it's but, just much, it's just but, frustrating yeah. because they're 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 allocating resources to a comic that they can't do. I mean, we're 30 issues in right now. And I still like, question why the comic exists, but yeah. maybe it, Me too. <laughs> it sells so well that it justifies well, the, itself. The it starting, must sell enough. The starting point was like literally like a month before, you know, the force awakens. So there's, they put themselves up against the wall starting out. You know, yeah. Like, they didn't, they didn't have anywhere to go. I mean, it's interesting well, that they, they would have had somewhere to go. But at that time, I don't think any of them knew that The Last Jedi was going to take place approximately two minutes and 12 seconds <laughs> after The Force Awakens. Yeah. So, and well, I yeah. was disappointed in the Poe comic because they've, they've got to the point where they're in The Last Jedi now, right at the beginning. And they don't show the, the end for Han yes. Solo, which I haven't read the book yet, but I, I've heard that the, that happens in the book. And I was kind of disappointed that wasn't in there. Man, I wonder if reading The Last Jedi would make me better. I should oh, do that. You should. Yeah, I should. Maybe. Yeah. I should but it, no, no but next, next issue of Poe is going to be the, the biggest issue ever of all time. Because we're going to figure out. The greatest Marvel comic event gonna, of all It's, it's going to be a time. huge event. Because you know why, Corey? We're going to figure out what happened to Snap. Wexley. At last. Oh, he drowned oh, in the river, yeah, remember? Find out all our questions will he be answered by about sexy Wexley in the next issue of Poe. He was hit by a train, but he jumped in the river. I already know this mystery. Oh. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of Dallas. Never mind, never mind, never mind, never mind. <laughs> it's all a dream. <laughs> Speaking of Dallas, it's time for the Porkins Bite of the Week. Porkins. Again? I don't know if y'all know this, but I would forgive you for making the mistake of calling Yoda a Muppet. But Frank Ath going to crawl up your ass and bust out your head because he says Yoda is most definitely not a Muppet. Because the puppet itself was created entirely by teams exclusive to Lucasfilm. So the next time you take it for granted that Grover and Miss Piggy are all up in Yoda, you just need to remember, he ain't no Muppet. 
<laughs> well, yeah. thanks for the clarification. Don't be puppet racist. Y'all need to follow Frank Oz on the Twitter. Yeah, dude, that dude's a brush of fresh air on that. He almost all the time is. He gets mired up in a little of it, and the fact of the matter is, I still wonder how long it's going to take before he has Twitter poisoning. Oh, but boy. yeah, right now he is one of the best follows I've. I follow him. He's fun. He's kind of like my my little my little kitten. I'm like, don't <laughs> yeah. let the world hurt you. I know exactly. It's like, Just oh, Frankie, you're so wizened in the real world, but not here. <laughs> Just stay in your comfortable little ball. People are awful out here. Yeah. Don't well, engage. Don't engage. Answer questions about Fozzie, <laughs> but please. I've seen him weigh in on a couple things with Ryan and with Mark Hamill, and yeah, I'm kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I pretend those didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> overall, he's a he's a great follow, <laughs> and he's he is. he's fun. He's extremely active. What, That's what one he of the did, most right. Is, and the, for those who don't know what he does, basically, I mean, he's at an age now where he's he's he can very, sit in his chair and just do it. Well, he's very <laughs> reflective of his career, yeah. and it's fun watching him reflect on the people he's worked with, the projects he's done are asking him questions or asking him about like segments that he had completely forgotten about. And you're literally like, he's responding like, Oh my gosh, I didn't, I don't even like, I I haven't thought about that in 30 years. And this happened and this happened. I remember this guy came in and said this and blah. And it's like, (laughs) it's great because it's, it's, it's like a mind dump of him rediscovering all this stuff. And it's, yeah. My funny, the The Frank Oz jam is, uh, what was the one where animal is really big? Was that uh, that was the Muppet movie, my the friend? Muppet movie, yeah. Third act. Oh, I guess that, that was, was awesome. an actual like large puppet or something. Yeah. Well, they didn't. How else were they going to do that? I thought it was like, forced perspective or something. I was like, wow, that's impressive. No, that was that <laughs> was a giant freaking animal, dude. Because he ate the uh, he ate the, uh, the the enlarging pills that Bunsen, Honeydew, and Beaker developed. Yeah. By the way, that first Muppet that movie is, a giant is sheer brilliance. Yes, it is. Movie. There is sheer nothing brilliance. bad about that movie. It's like it's it's basically that Muppet movie is uh, a Muppet version of like the uh, the uh, Bing Crosby and um, someone throw me a line. Here. <laughs> uh, 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 Bob Hope Road Bob movies. Hope. <laughs> Bing Crosby and Bob Hope, their Road 2 movies. Like, right. it, they've got the music in there. They've got the vaudevillian humor, you know? Yes. So like, yeah, uh, right. Fonzie, which way do I go? Uh, bear left. Or, you know, <laughs> right frog. Or no, it's the opposite way. Is Fonzie going, which way do I go? He goes, bear left. And he goes, right frog. <laughs> <laughs> that's stuff, brilliant man. it is you're right would you like to smell the bottle cap <laughs> i could quote them up at movie all freaking day that movie is oh yes please fantastic. what's the actor's name that plays doc hopper like, i don't remember his name uh what's his name i love that guy oh you dumb some bitch I oh wait that's a different movie with that guy because he's your in a brother where art thou she died of shame <laughs> yeah, if your mom says she had died of shame. oh wait it's a good thing your mom was your mom was not alive anymore if she's seen you she'd have died of shame <laughs> <laughs> we just crossed Most over into a brother where art thou that now was, we're in true quote territory that was that was the hudsucker yeah oh, he was in hudsucker. yeah he was he was he was wearing hudsucker Yep. Yeah. Sure yep. Was. Open yeah, the, the blue letter. The music, you dummy. the music in that film, by the way, just amazing. Oh my those, gosh. Those songs. Oh. This looks <laughs> familiar. <laughs> Vaguely familiar. If you cannot, if you can get through Gonzo's song in the desert and not cry, <laughs> if you can get through, I'm gonna go back there someday and not cry. You are made of stone, and I don't need to know you, <laughs> sir or madam. That is fan 
fantastic. Was Charles yeah. Durning was his name. I just looked it up. He yeah. died in 2012. That's sad. Well, now. thanks a lot. Now I'm crying anyway. Doc Hopper's me all over him. <laughs> fried fog legs. Hi, <laughs> I'm Doc Hopper. <laughs> He's in the frog leg stand in the sky. <laughs> Mac, where's Max? Max. And then Max wearing frog. a green hat and black hair is the dude from Short Circuit that yells <laughs> stat all the time. <laughs> I'm just saying that oh, is the best man. freaking movie of all time. It's been a long time. Oh my! Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right, Bill. Uh, yep, one honey for the bear and one dragonfly ripple for his friend the frog. <laughs> Try not to get them mixed up. Yeah, right. <laughs> there you go, Bob Hope. Right there, he was in it. <laughs> he was. Bell Brooks, the, the crazy doctor. Yeah. <laughs> 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 with the little- Thing on his head and he gets under the, Oh my gosh, sorry <laughs> I can't remember any of Mel Brooks' lines I'm drawing a complete I read The whole scene is in my head right there He's a doctor and he's trying to put that thing on his yeah. head To scramble and his And now brain. we remove the brain <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like doing that weird German Like mad scientist accent And it goes on him instead He starts going Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Ah. <laughs> God, that movie is fantastic. Good movie. Movie. I think we're watching right along. I think we're watching that tomorrow night instead of Attack of the Clones. That could happen. That could happen. Don't count it out. That could happen. It's time for some rumors slash discussions or whatever. Yeah. Things. Hey. Whatever. Oh yeah. <laughs> check not name. Check job. <laughs> Yay! Insert title here. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is where we talk about all the rumors. I have no problem embarrassing myself by just quoting without any context whatsoever. Doctor Bunsen Honeydew. <laughs> me 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 Beaker. That's my Beaker impression. <laughs> I saved you a seat, but somebody took it. <laughs> I'm just killing Mike over here. Mike's like the best audience for uncontextualized Muppet movie quotes ever. The Muppet that movie, movie could have yeah. used more Rizzo the Rat in it, I think. That Rizzo the Rat did not exist. That was, uh, yeah, that was, was created for the, the Muppets take Muppets Manhattan. Take Manhattan. Yeah, right. I like Rizzo. Yep. He's one of my favorites. Rizzo's pretty good. I also really love the scene with Swedish Chef in that movie. It's your popping corn here in 3D. Uh-huh. The corn's a popping in your face and it's 3D. <laughs> Swedish Chef was always my favorite. Oh, dude. Always. Whenever whenever my daughter would want me to sing uh, Jingle Bells all the time, even when it wasn't Christmas, when I put her to bed, she would me sing Jingle Bells. <laughs> and we'd sing it through, we'd sing the Dashing Through Snow. We get to Jingle Bells. We go one time through Jingle Bells normal. And then we had to do just gibberish Jingle Bells. And that was her rule that she would literally explain to me. These are the rules and these are what we're going to do. And I'm like, all right. And I sing through a gibberish. And if I didn't end it with bork, 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 <laughs> instead of, hey, <laughs> and say, so, you know, you know, uh, you know, you yell, hey, at the end of Jingle I wouldn't I'd say I'd have to say bork, bork, bork. And then she would laugh mild, just wildly, not mildly, <laughs> bork, wildly. Bork, bork, bork. bork. All right. Speaking of the old classics, boys. Classic. The uh, with with all the with all the controversy and all the the chatting and yelling at each other that's happening on the internet. There's been 
one little bright spot lately that's popped up and I just kind of wanted to present to you guys and, and open it up for discussion. And that is what there seems to be a renewed fervor for the prequels <laughs> of late. My and, fervor uh, never died out, Mike. I know mine either. Mine either. But uh, I don't know. I just thought it might be fun to just revisit the prequels a little bit and uh, talk about, I don't know, just uh, how they, f- <laughs> I don't know, whatever, how they fermented, fermented, <laughs> how they've, <laughs> how they've, they've aged, they've tickled like a fine egg, <laughs> <laughs> like cheese or wine for our younger folks that may or may not have had exposure to the prequels the prequels at the time were a little controversial they had their own little uh things that people didn't if you're listening to this and like. don't remember the prequels i'm telling your parents <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you should not be listening yeah oh so uh i personally i'm especially phantom menace i know that that's the one that kind of gets beat up the most usually in discussion but i feel outside of star wars super fandom phantom menace takes the most beating inside star wars super fandom i believe that attack of the clones takes the hardest beat. okay well here's the thing with with that's how with phantom menace phantom menace holds a special place in my heart Aww. <laughs> very special place i think the phantom i menace still is love a decent movie if you eliminate a lot of it. <laughs> yeah I, I, it's got the bones there it's just bloated and ugly I just, I, I think for me personally, it's just the nostalgia factor because at that time it was a new Star Wars flick, and mm-hmm. I just, I just remember all the fervor and and just all the excitement and everything building up to I it. I remember and we were in our dorm room, we would break down the trailer. Oh my gosh! Like, we would <laughs> yeah. pause it, like who's it? What's going on? Let's go Wait, Garrick, that's that's the one year we didn't live together, so it was my dorm room. <laughs> yeah, it was your dorm room. <laughs> Remember that that first trailer? There's that fog, and you see those these oh, yeah, alien dudes see, coming out of the fog. You see the Gungans, like, but you don't know what the hell <laughs> we, they we are. We don't know they're, they're Gungans yet. <laughs> and they look so cool, and you're like, and then the guy that that guy that leans over to that chick with the makeup on her face and goes, "You used to think people gonna die? <laughs> I bet that guy's awesome. <laughs> He's totes awesome." He he has a weird way of talking. That's the best. I bet that we seriously were so annoying. fascinated. No, yeah, we were so fascinated by this weird dude who talks funny. We were we the hook was set, and still we. Didn't I remember our lo- our local newspaper put out a whole spread on the thing. I mean, literally, they had like a whole section dedicated to the release of this movie, and they had little bio snippets about all the new characters and and Qui Gon Jinn. You know, a venerable Jedi. Dude, and the first two days were all sold out weeks before the movie came oh, out. Yeah, the you first, couldn't get like, tickets. Yeah, I actually was working at Chili's and another, uh, I was a waiter and one of the waitresses came up and said, you like Star Wars a lot, right? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, I have these opening day tickets I can't use. You want to buy them off me? I'm like, yes. Because <laughs> no I, I, I didn't know that they, I didn't know when they went on sale. I wasn't that plugged it, in. It, sure. just uh, at that internet. time, there's not really, there wasn't yeah. really internet there's sales no and things like that. Yeah. Right. For the kids and, listening, there was no Fandango back then. Yeah. <laughs> I actually had to go to a physical theater and purchase them ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. And for those who are too young to remember Fandango, it was the movie pass of back in the <laughs> I say it's Fandango. It's great. I get, I only use it because people give me gift cards for it. I'm like, well, I guess I got to go to the I love paying their surcharge. It's so convenient. Oh my God. Like $2 <laughs> a ticket. It's ridiculous. Anyway. 
Which kind uh, of yeah. Nowadays, I mean, one of the things too with Phantom Menace that people, I mean, because the prequels in general got a lot of flack for like over overuse of CGI. But one of the the things that people don't Phantom Menace wasn't that much. No, actually, that's one of the things that people don't really realize is that the Phantom Menace actually had a lot of practical effects and yeah. a lot of models oh, that yeah, were used. Yeah. In that film, and actually, I I think you can feel it. That was all CGI. Yeah, like the whole thing, front to back. Well, I think even more so. At least it feels like to me, Attack of the Clones. I mean, Attack of the Clones. They weren't even good at it yet. Attack of the Clones was their first time going whole hog, and it was. I still cringe every that the scene with Yoda floating through uh, the halls Uh, with uh, right with with Mace. Amazing! I'm why, just like it looks terrible. It looks like a, it looks like an old like Tex Tex uh, an old uh, pin freaking a Tex Murphy PC game that are done completely in front of like green screen. I think that's terrible. why Attack of the Clones is on the bottom of my list. There's just so many cringeworthy moments. Like yeah, half yeah. the movie, just like the whole pad <laughs> Padme and Anakin scene. It's like, yeah, wow. I know. I was so excited. I really was for for seeing, you know, oh, it's it's, you know, it's it's Anakin as a, you know, as a, a Padawan. Finally, we get to see him kick some butt and all that stuff. And just, yeah. The, and just, immediately you're like, oh, you're creepy with your crush on the older yeah. lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, like first scene. The first scene. It's like you this is you are sinister in a in a not interesting way. <laughs> you're sinister <laughs> in a in a in a in a in a in a uh, have a seat kind of way. No, have a seat. Anakin, have a seat. Except it's reverse because it's not little kids. It's an older chick. Maybe it's Padme. Seriously, and I think for, for me in that movie especially, I, less so in Phantom Menace. I think they spent, he spent, well, obviously it was the first one. So obviously he was able to spend more time developing Phantom Menace. But just, I don't know, Attack of the Clones, just the, the dialogue. And it wasn't even necessarily the dialogue. I mean, there were some bad spots, some bad writing, but just the delivery. I just don't feel like he spent any time you know, with the actors giving them <laughs> what? Yeah, right. Yeah, faster, more intense, right? But I don't know. That worked for him <laughs> in the New Hope. But you know, as cheesy as some of the things in Last Jedi was, like, crashing into other people is how we love or whatever. Yeah. Um, as cheesy as some of that is, nothing's as bad as like some of those looks from Hayden Christensen in the first twenty minutes of Attack of the Clones. <laughs> like oh, he's literally well, he's literally glaring at Padme in her apartment like he's been beating off to Senate videos <laughs> for the last eight years. You don't know years. he wasn't. I know, and it's it's. Ugh. I see, but I think even more awkward are the scenes on Naboo. Oh yeah, I mean, well those are just terrible. <laughs> They're just uh, terrible. I hate it, it because sucks, and I think the actor said this like all their lines were delivered in front of a green screen, and they had, they had yeah, no context. They had right. No context. I'm I'm assuming an actor. If you don't have any context, it's kind of hard to deliver the lines. Right. Just standing in front of a green background to another person. I mean, that's going to be hard anyway, unless you're already fully on board with understanding everything about the character. And what it usually takes for that to happen is I'm like, a director, a director. If you don't have the physical scene there for you and you don't have all the context, it takes a director to provide that. Right. For you. Right. They didn't have one. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it kind that of was- sucks because Tack of the Clones had some of like the best characters introduced in it. Yeah. Like yeah, we, I mean, well, we lost yeah, Maul, obviously. Yeah. So, but yeah, Dooku, I thought. Django, yeah, you guys are, that, you guys are talking about Jexter Dexter, right? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Darn goodens, too. And then all the Jedi Council that come and fight. Yeah, right. You get the clones. Exposed to a lot more. Yeah. Padme's I mean, Midrift was my favorite character. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'd still in the movie. <laughs> I, you I like know when Beldar Conehead was fighting, <laughs> sitting in the chair. Mas Mas consume mass quantities. 
<laughs> Wake no, up that, from France. That, <laughs> the, the end battle, though, on, on Geonosis, that's still one of my favorites. I mean, even though I, it's still, it, the over-reliance on the CGI was pretty bad. I, I mean, there but was I still amazing about seeing that many lightsabers. That, that was awesome. I loved that. Yeah. That was amazing to me, even though some of the, again, some of the acting was stiff. And you well, can tell and, you was, don't, and the fight looks completely, there's nothing interesting. Well, like the lightsabers all come up and you're like, yeah. And then yeah, after that, right. The actual like, fighting is okay. a little weird. But, Here's yeah. Count Dooku force pushing. Django Fett's gonna jump down. Whoop! There went it head. You know, nice like it's just dude. like, yeah, he got wind dude in the face, and like, and all, all the right, Jedi window, badassery in the back yeah. or background is right. not in. It's not very good. Yeah. yeah. But and for some reason, Kit pretty... Fisto likes to smile at people. Yeah, <laughs> every time. <laughs> like, man, fighting is the best. <laughs> but see, and then and then you have the the clone the clones attacked, and I thought that was pretty sweet. Win. So yeah, seeing the clones and their blue laser weaponry. Right, yeah. What are they, Cobra <laughs> or Joe? Come on. <laughs> well, they're hitting somebody, so neither. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, but yeah, actually, I have a hard time remembering that scene fondly. Now that all of that whole new breathtaking stuff is lost on me, right? That that that's the polish is worn off. Yeah, sure, right. And, uh, you and, can see the flaws now. It's yeah, but I'm, but I'm glad you brought it up because yeah, initially it was something really to look forward to. You know, it was really impactful because all these things that we'd only been able to envision in our heads at the time, right? Yeah. You know, were, I remember waiting in line for that movie uh, uh, in a theater with the line twice wrapped around the building. Yeah, there was a lot of expectation was, for it. Yeah, times back then. When you're uh, way out in the cold. See, but now I can look at like the the Bioware videos that they put out with each new wave of updates with Old Republic, and those scenes are so much better. The like the, the you know their little promotional videos. Oh, that, yeah, like, yeah. If they roll out an Old Republic update for the the game, oh, they put these pre rendered uh, videos together, and the battles are they're literally, and I can I feel like I can say this to this day, the greatest battles. And action sequences of any Star Wars. Oh yeah, Wars they sold the is. game to me. Yep. I mean, I, 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 I'll, 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 I'll put a little asterisk there. Um, the well, and they've done it many times since. I don't know. There's probably videos you haven't even watched yet, Garrick, unless you've just browsed over. Uh, yeah, because they've not. done it, been doing it. But um, they, I, I really love the train sequence in Solo a lot, and I really love the opening battle uh, over over Coruscant in Ep Three. Mm-hmm. Those plus literally every one of these videos are the greatest action sequences in Star Wars. They are amazing. And they are film quality. I would, in a heartbeat, go see an entire CG movie oh, of yeah. these. They are absolutely amazing. That invasion of the Jedi Temple from the city. Oh, my God. And the, oh. the they just, like, crash the transport right through the front of the temple. It comes to a skid. The door opens up. And it's, like, 50 red yeah, lightsabers light brief, up in the darkness. moment of silence. <laughs> And then you, I mean, yeah, you just see it's, it's like ignite. It's like Vader's lightsaber in Rogue One, except right. there's like freaking fifty of them, right. and less wheezing. And you got bounty hunters <laughs> and all sorts of people just flying around, shooting each other, oh, chopping man. each yeah, other yeah. up. You got to go out and watch the rest of those. They put out a couple that were very story centric, which you don't have the story of, but they, the, it's still so artfully done that you just you can almost yeah. put a story into the video just watching it. Because there, it's I think so the well-known. most recent one I saw. Uh, came out a couple months or a couple years ago. Uh, it was basically like this Jedi had this daughter that she was training, and it goes through this whole story sequence. And I don't, I don't think there's any words spoken to like maybe the yeah. very end. And it's so impactful. It's yeah. amazing. You, do you watch the one with the twins? 
Oh, no, I didn't see that one. Oh, my gosh. That one's a that one rips your heart out. Oh, they're so good. So good. What is it? What were we talking about? Prequels? Something? Yeah, prequels. <laughs> Sorry, I, I got a gush over this. kind of skipped ahead a little bit on, on into Attack of the Clones, but let's go back to Phantom Menace for a minute. And I mean, obviously, the, the obvious flaws there, I think for most people, and actually, uh, this kind of goes to some of my criticism for Last Jedi was just the, the, the humor. I just felt like Jar Jar was too over the top. It was for, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm sorry. I know you guys think I'm crazy, but I'm still on board with the idea that Lucas meant for Jar Jar to actually be a dark character. <laughs> Didn't he admit that at some point? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm at best has all but admitted it too. Yeah. But I believe that Jar Jar was the reason why Jar Jar was over the top is because he was supposed to be a bait and switch. He was supposed to be a reverse the, Yoda. It was, well, yeah, more or less. And, and I think that. George Lucas just doesn't have a good feel for when enough is enough. Yeah, he went too far and and and, and you're supposed the water. to signal to the audience that something is up at some point. Like, yeah, you have to. You yeah, can't play this out that you because when you fool the audience it be, and they it comes revealed, you're like, oh, I don't know what. what? Yeah, and, but but you have to give us a hint that there's something more to it. Otherwise, it's an empty, vapid, stupid character. I mean, I've heard that. I've heard that theory. I'm not sure I buy it. I feel like, well, I mean, from the my, last phrase I said, it's an empty, vapid, stupid <laughs> character. Well, my, I mean, my perspective on it is maybe a little more um, innocent, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's probably the wrong word, too. But uh, I mean, at that time when he was putting together the prequel films, he was a father of young children. And I, I really felt like that there was. Um, we well we talked we've talked about this before. Dana Carvey that- made the movie Master of Disguise because he had kids and his humor became less edgy. Jar Jar, there's no excuse that can justify how ridiculous that. No, but is. but but Lucas even in interviews though had had said, I mean there was when he was defending that character. These are these are kid movies and and blah yep, blah yep, blah. Yep, and he's a liar. <laughs> because like I've said, go back and look at the photos of the lines around the block when Star Wars came out. They're not children. Yeah. Oh, I trust These me. I never I get it. Kids I just always took it that at that time in his life, he was just coming from a different perspective as a father. And I know it does have an effect. It absolutely does. You know, right. I, yeah. But no, that's not enough. Okay. So, but to justify to, that back atrocity. to my point though, I mean, I feel like, look at the, you know, face the, in the, obvious... in the later two movies regarding Jar Jar. He barely exists in episode two. And well, yeah, almost, right. Almost because of the outcry. I mean, because of the outcry, obviously, after Phantom Menace. That goes to show how bad it was. Sure. There's right. no just. So, I, I, maybe you're giving a reason. I'm saying the reason's not an excuse. That's all. We're in well, agreement. What, I, what I'm trying to get to is, okay, so Jar Jar is the obvious scapegoat for, for Phantom Menace. What are some of the things that you liked, especially you? I liked the concept of a character like Jar Jar. Now, forget about the conspiracy theory about Dark Jar Jar, right, for a second. I mean, it's hard for me because it's reality, but I'll for- suspend my disbelief for a second. Um, I like the idea of there being like a native character that gets involved, but I would have liked the character be more meaningful rather than just a drag on the situation the whole time. So I actually like that idea because we So to not, be humorous, other, other but- than the Ewoks, like other than arguably Han Solo being like, sort of like an, a, a, a native into the underbelly, right? Mm-hmm. In Ep4. And other than the Ewoks being literal natives of their planet where all this other stuff is going on, I like the idea of there being a native character that has nothing to do with any of this being swept up, but not being the primary character like Luke. 
Sure. I like that idea a lot, watching someone who might have evolved through that story and stuff like that. Would have been more palatable if he wasn't as over the top and maybe not actually over the top, but actually not, had meaning. Right. That okay, so maybe he had some comic relief, but by the time you get to the end of the film, he's actually one of the the real leaders of the Gungans, as mm-hmm. opposed to just a bumbling idiot that just happens to yeah. oh, kill a few guys. Lisa got bad luck that works so good because I'm actually a dark Jedi and I know exactly what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just saying he could have had a lot of practice at like spilling those electro bomba balls on stuff. He is the force, man. That's how it works, man. So what what are, uh, Garrick, what are some of your favorite parts or a favorite part of the Phantom Menace? Favorite parts, pod racing scene, hands down. One of my favorite parts. I love that. I could watch it over and over again. I like pod oh, racing a lot. It gets a lot of hate for being too long, but I love no, it. No. It's pretty long for me. And then it's, for me, it's it's kind of oh, long. Oh, man. I thought it was well shot. I, I, I love the suspense. Like It was intense, right? Like, you know Anakin's going to sound. Gonna, but the sounds were great. There's a lot of people's oh, first 5.1 amazing. experience with the... Brr, 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 brr. I mean, yeah, that's all Ben Burt, man. That gives me chills. It's so awesome. Yeah, dude. It sounds like an old like Harley Hog. Just like, <laughs> oh, it's so good. An old Harley Hog. Yep. old Harley Hog. Harley the Hulk. old Harley Hog, and then the, of course the Harley lightsaber Hulk. fighting at the end was oh, yeah, amazing. Sure. Like when I first saw that, I was just like floored by because we, we were used to seeing Vader and and Luke yeah. and Obi Wan right. just like yeah. oh let's swing some sticks at each other and hit them together. Right. We right. I'm and gonna hold mine in like, one hand because my back hurts. This dude has a <laughs> double bladed lightsaber. They're doing flips. They're doing kicks right. and jump punches and stuff. And oh, so awesome. I, yeah. I'll never forget yeah. that that like moment when I first watched that. How I'm just like, where oh Maul comes out God. that first time and ignites the lightsaber. That, yeah, which we've seen in the later trailers. I know. Unfortunately, like, who is that dark Jedi looking dude? We got dark Jedi looking dude. Fates theme kicks in. I just get oh, chills yeah. every time. Yeah. I will say during that scene, the door opens up and the fighting starts. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. and then they go th- through the door into the you know the big endless pit of light circles. Yeah, and I even the first time. Sitting there with my mother <laughs> because I got the tickets and I before I didn't have anybody to take. I was that's, that's lame. Um, but I'm Please sitting there sir. and and I'm sitting there uh, and I'm, I'm all excited. And then they walk into their room and 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 I actually in the time went wait what the what the hell is this? Awesome. That's what, what, what is this? Yeah, it was awesome. No, it was Amazing. awesomeness. Like look, gang planks. It's dangerous because you could fall in stuff. <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah, man. Into the suspense. I'm yeah, like, dude. I'm like, was someone explained? Did to you me see the Death Star? There was no Hello? railings in that thing. <laughs> why? Why they get? Why they just like? You know what? Let's just have a big hole right here. <laughs> With some light beam. You way overthink this stuff. I can't not. I can't they not. They use the same yeah, interior designer as the Death Star. It all comes together. It's canon. Nailed mm. it. I think my p- favorite part of that film is just seeing the expand. I mean, just seeing real Jedi for the first time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like from the opening scene where you see Obi-Wan and, and Qui-Gon you know, go on to the showing using force powers. You, well, using force power, but just even them coming off the, the ship and they have their hoods up and everything. And I'm like, yes, Jedi are supposed to be nondescript. And, yep. and, and you don't even really, you're not supposed to know that they're Jedi. They're yep. guessing that they're Jedi, yep. that type of stuff. I just loved it. And then they pull the hoods down and, you know, Obi-Wan is the, everybody, the student. Everybody immediately clapped and hollered <laughs> as soon as the hoods came down. Like we didn't already know. It was like, yeah, woo. but I just, I loved it because immediately Qui-Gon is, is, you know, 
teaching Obi-Wan as they're there and just the conversation. I just loved all of it because up to that point, Obi-Wan's only- talking like he's Robin, like, holy poison gas. <laughs> For speed. But, and then, and then, yes, then we get to the, the actual fighting, you know, where they're actually starting to fight the droids. Everybody always said, why didn't see- they just use lightsabers to cut through doors and walls? Well, here's why. Here we Lava go. happens. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I, was, uh, I literally thought to myself, check that off the list. But I just loved it because, okay, you know, up to that point, we had only seen these force abilities in video games. Yep. You know what I mean? And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's force speed. Force oh my speed. gosh. There was force jump out of a, of a vent shaft, but <laughs> yes. land gently. Right. Yeah. My Perfect. Force power. But yes, even the, the door scene, I just loved it because... You know the Gungans you know, have locked themselves up in the in the on the bridge, and but they're like panicking. You know, Dude, like oh my god, there's your Jedi. McGregor, we are not gonna. We're not gonna McGregor last. Throws out a hand, and like three or four uh, battle droids fall down. <laughs> right. We've never seen right. that. We've seen Vader force like force yes. throw switch, right, and throw lightsaber, right. but we'd never Grab seen anybody blaster. just throw a wave of air. Yep, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, Ugh, that stuff. Yeah, that scene where they where Qui Gon is trying to break through the the bridge door, and Obi Wan is there protecting him. You know, just mm-hmm. swinging the lightsaber from the laser bolts coming. Oh my gosh, that stuff still gives me chills. Yeah, so. I will never argue that the first ten minutes of of the Phantom Menace wasn't some of the most amazing cinema. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, there was a the, the, when they were actually in the conference room, the little protocol droid waddles in. That was a little awkward, but right after that, it was like awesome. I even loved the protocol droid. I I'm not, I'm not blaming the protocol droid. That, there was, there's always been something off about that scene to me, just yeah. briefly, and I've never been able to explain it. But um, maybe it's because I played the video game and it just left such a foul <laughs> taste in my mouth. It's supposed to feel off because it's a trap. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, we yeah. could we could justify it like that. <laughs> but yeah, the first ten minutes of that movie, man. Other other than the really racist sounding Cato uh, <laughs> Neimoidian, yeah, the new gun ran. Oh, Oh. We will not survive. Invented the ventilation shafts. All right. Thank you, Tank Girl. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like Tank Girl. My so, Howie, you haven't been speaking up. Is there a favorite part of Phantom you Menace? You didn't ask me. I am asking you right now. Yes, for yes, you. Now's your time to shine, Howie. Because uh, uh, Garrick, Garrick stole, stole mine. I always stole yours. You stole my Empress Nest. Yeah. Empress Nest. The, it's duel, the, duel of Fates. Duel of Fates. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Ah. Uh. My favorite is uh, when they're in the in the bongo. <laughs> in the bongo, <laughs> there's always a bigger fish. I, uh, I do have to say the constant changing of Queen Amidala's outfit, the wardrobe that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, actually, because it was just just over the top, right. and I just yeah, completely over the top. That. Yeah, am I, am I wrong? Or did the bongo scene and all the fish stuff completely not happen in the novel? The novel, they literally just arrived where they were going. Boy. None of that f- underwater chase sequence took place. My man, it's been a long time since I've read <laughs> it that. It has been, so. too. I, someone correct me on Twitter if I'm wrong. I need to. I, well, I finally, I have, for some reason, that sticks out. <laughs> I'm finally getting my stuff out of storage. I've moved. I finally bought a house. So I'm getting all my stuff out of storage. I'm going to have. Thank you. But I'm gonna pull all my books out. I'm probably gonna reread some of that stuff, man. Now, Mike finally bought a second house for the second time. <laughs> let's let's well, be let's be accurate. I own a few houses actually. Thank yeah. Coastal up in here. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I I'm I'm kind of tempted. I, like I said, I've been I've been itching to go back and read some older stuff, which is great because I've ne- one I've not wanted to since the canon. Was- yeah, actually, uh, for for those who want recommendations, actually, that Phantom Phantom Menace novelization is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually some, 
Anakin has some some force dreams as yeah. a, as a child that and make it doesn't him... it doesn't say something like and then Jar Jar got awkwardly yeah. nutty like that's not in the <laughs> right. book <laughs> right now the the stuff the added stuff with Anakin's character in that book is really good I, I remember so yeah now you're making me itch to go reread that yeah <laughs> I, I I don't know I don't I don't know that I gave a really good answer for what's a part of that movie that I like because so much of that movie is associated negatively, you know, like mm -hmm. here's the astromech droids. There's R2, you know, what's the uh, astromech's call number? Uh, he's uh. let me pause for a moment while I hold a finger in this little crevice audience. Take a breath. <laughs> R2D. Wait a minute. Two. It's like, okay. <laughs> Got it. You've been phoning it in for the last. Yes, but right before that, though, we actually get to see Astromex in well, action repairing I, a ship. I loved that. We've still never seen that since we in that capacity off. where they're rolling around out there. And I don't know. I still don't know how I feel about that. Really? See, I loved it. I loved that scene. Stuff, dude. Yeah. Not rolling around like on the outside of a rolling ship. Rolling around on the head. inside. He put yeah. his head oh, yeah. in there and it worked. Go ahead and give it a Saturn Here's award your for head. screenwriting. I, it already yeah. happened. I... <laughs> <laughs> But, like, there's lots of things visually. Visually, it's an extraordinarily compelling movie. The cinematography is very stark and very bold, just like Ep 4 was, but, like, times 10 because they have the money and the, you know, and the ability to do that, and it wasn't all CG. So that's one thing that Ep 1 had that Ep 2 and 3 don't have at all, yeah, right. which is just amazing cinematography yeah i agree amazing and that's probably my favorite thing other than the music yeah no, about that movie those like now you you've been critical of the music though right or no not of that one okay i was gonna say i love well, the phantom I've, menace I've said score Dula, i love it doula fates didn't give me the the boba fett fappings like it did to everybody else yeah, like it, I, it did me i feel like it was irrational i was like <laughs> it's right a good now. song but <laughs> but yeah if i had to narrow down a part of the movie that i really liked it, it, it would be more akin to like those big open uh, establishing shots. Like when they're, I hate everything about Autogunga, but when they're swimming up to it and you see the lighted sure. spheres, yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. amazing. Yeah. It's like, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about yeah. it. And that light there coral are things music. that I cherish. Like the, yeah. The, I was just thinking that yeah. the music during that scene. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I think that unfortunately I can't come up with a scene other than pod racing that I liked like the best, but did, I think that thematically I liked the way it set the table for every crappy scene in it. One, one of the things, <laughs> one of the things that it gets criticism for is some of the politics, but some of that's my favorite stuff. Well, like I like some of the backstabbing and stuff with like Valorum and I even like the Senate chambers. I like all that. So if the conversations that happen around the throne in black Panther would get you like a D in your understanding of complex politics, you get a, you'd get a grade of a D at that level. Then the Phantom Menace pol political discussions would probably be a see me after class. You're going to repeat the grade. Um, it's, I like the fact that they attempted it, but George Lucas it's too writing. Much, it's too much for a young audience. I wouldn't say it's sure. too much for a young audience. I say they spent too time, too much time doing too little. Where they could have said a lot more, a lot more briefly and moved on and it would be more impactful. It, yeah. it just seemed like you were just watching the most unintelligible dribble of dialogue. It just <laughs> it was pretty, pretty verbose. <laughs> it was verbose, but it was also just dumb sounding, you know, like nobody was saying anything of any substance except Ian McDermott 
was selling his lines. And I don't sure. feel like anybody now Padme by, by the nature of her weird little don't discover who I am androgyny voice. Right. Wasn't going to be able to do much with her lines anyway. Ian McDermott was doing a really nice job and I felt like everybody else was just set dressing and I didn't, I didn't care for it. It, it should have been better. I would have liked that to have been more compelling, mm. but they did it. That's brave. I guess. <laughs> Let's hit back on Attack of the Clones then. So we talked you know, a little bit about some of those opening scenes and some of the awkward dialogue and things like that. What were what were some of the things that really hit you that that were like, man, that's cool. Chasing the shapeshifter, man. That was good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The whole scene where they're jumping like, out the window. And there, there was a little there's a little like, what's the word? I, a little braggot. What, what is it? Bravado? Braggad, braggadocious? I don't know. The way that the, they're interacting, Obi Wan and Anakin, when you know Anakin goes and and you know st- steals Into a car. And, oh, okay, yeah, right. And, and they're out there and like, well, we're very calm, even though we're chasing an assassin. <laughs> I'm gonna jump fifty stories. <laughs> See you for tea, ta. <laughs> like, part of it rubs me the wrong way, but part of me just really loved how casual it was. I for I loved that too because I felt like. I mean, Jedi. Well, and especially with Anakin, because he's so cocky. He's so cocky that <laughs> Obi-Wan almost has to battle him with cockiness. Right, right. Yeah. Like, this is a little out of step for me, but mm, watch me. <laughs> and to be honest with you, I mean, I, I know we were exposed <laughs> to me. <laughs> I know we were exposed to Coruscant in, in Phantom Menace, but I mean, I think even more so in Attack of the Clones. We and exposed to it in the special edition of Return of the Jedi. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for like three seconds. But yeah, but, uh, it was it was cool seeing, you know, uh, kind of Coruscant, Coruscant after dark. Yeah, right. Kind of a thing. I thought that was kind of fun and yeah. cool and hip, you know, seeing the underbelly a little bit. Sticks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though the yeah, some of those scenes are cringeworthy hey, with <laughs> the uh, camera panning or no, st- standing still. I'm actually reenacting. <laughs> Uh, Amanda Lucas. Amanda Lucas <laughs> turning toward the camera in Twilight Regale for Mike. Yeah, standing next to uh, Anthony Daniels. Yeah. No less. Yeah. And I think Ahmed Best is in that scene. Now, probably. He is. He's everywhere yeah. nowadays. George Lucas was just having a pool party and just drained it and got everybody in costume. But I did. I loved that scene with Zam Muscle and, and the shapeshifter. And, yeah. I didn't like the fact. You know, Actually, the only thing that really put me off about that scene is that when she finally talks. This is like this. Well, well, she, she was dying, dude. <laughs> She's a Claudite. <laughs> Claudite. You're, you're racist against Claudites. I am. Which means I'm racist against everybody because I can look like anyone. <laughs> oh, dang. <laughs> yeah. True. You guys, you pin me down. I actually do like. I'm saying it right. Jexter, Dex, Dexter, Dexter, Jetster. Dexter, Jetster. I think so. I actually really like that character. I do too. I wish he hadn't like scratched his. Yeah. <laughs> Cloners. Dang goodens. Damn goodens. They're darn goodens. Saber dart. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen one Can of these since I've been prospecting. That planet's known for three things. Oceans, clones, and these darts right here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. The writing's terrible. But I like the character. This Obviously, he's all CG, and yeah. they sucked at it then. Yeah. And cloth just looked like dirty rubber. Yeah. yeah and weird. so he, like, he scratches his butt, and I'm just sitting there going, what's he even supposed to be holding those pants up? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like this like 1950s it, it, like girl droid. Well, yeah, it was totally like a fifties nostalgia diner. You want some Jawa juice, honey? Yeah, and then like a TV screen pulls up and it's Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Welcome to the Cafe Coruscant. I'll have a Pepsi free. 
You're going to pay for it. No, even, for even in the afternoon. <laughs> you will have the hostage special. I thought that thematically was dumb, but I like the idea of like this greasy cook alien dude who has like this secret knowledge. That's pretty cool. But again, that's something that was completely left. It was just and then disappeared from continuity other than that one scene. And that's another thing where it's like, I would have liked some threads to be folded yeah, in rather maybe, than yeah. linear thing. Sure. I mean, maybe that's where like uh, those tale books or something would have yeah. been nice for, you know, yeah. yeah I want to find one in Dexter's adventures. You I know? No, I just want to find out that back in the day, Dexter just used to be the beater of ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It'd be like a black <laughs> ops. All right, Howie, what stands out? Yeah. What stands out to you in Attack of the Clones? If anything, midriff. Midriff. <laughs> Honestly, I really did not like that movie. <laughs> what about? What about? What about? I'm sorry. I, that's that, all right. I, I I can't get past Hayden Christensen. Yeah, I know. I, and oh I, my word! I can't get past that. So bad. I I hate it because I really like Hayden Christensen too. as a person. It's the worst. And I, I really like him in other movies. I really, really, really don't feel like it was his fault. No, I uh, hate it. Uh, but yeah. oh, man, <laughs> well, it was partially his fault. Somebody sure. should have told him to pump the brakes, but at some point yeah. he should have gone. Maybe from I'll the pump mo- the like Corey said, from the moment he's you see he's on scene and he's looking at Padme. It's like, dude, like, oh my word! It's like you've been in the bathroom too long, dude. Yeah. It's time to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like uh, how awkward I, he was, though. I kind of worked. Where do we, where do we fall on the Yoda sabers? So Yoda's big scene, right? Yep. I okay, so when when know. that first happened in the theater, that was the the stand up and clap moment for everybody. Oh, I, at yeah. least it was in the theaters that I was in. Yeah, me yep. too. Theater. I mean, it was like, pretty amazing. As soon as he whipped out his lightsaber, I thought it was pretty cool. I I wasn't expecting it, so it was really cool for me. And then when he comes in, and then he opens his robe, and then he uses the force. I mean, it's so over the top. It's ridiculous over the top. But he uses the force to pull his lightsaber off his belt. Probably because they couldn't figure out how to do the impact physics of the arm and the chest. Probably, yeah. but it was still it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then as soon as he's done after whipping ass, yeah, he the, picks up his cane and starts flipping yeah, again. Yeah, he picks the cane up and starts hobbling. And see, that's what I say. Like I liked it when Yoba did Yo, Yoba when Yoba done Yoba Daba Yoba Goya Yoba Goya when uh, when he when he when he pulls out the saber and he starts fighting and, and of course he's like like super ninja fast because we've already heard the comment like no one's as good as Master Yoda you know we've already heard oh apparently Yoda's good with the lightsaber okay. You know, and now we're like, okay, we're seeing it. We're seeing why because he's effing fast as all get out. He's using force augment speed. Yes, you know, right? Like, force celerity. It's like fighting the 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 quacky monk force sensitive quacky monkey lizard from the Dark Forces game. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just going nuts. And I I really liked it. I really liked it. But what solidified it for me was when he picked up the cane and goes right back. <laughs> yeah, <up>. so limping. <laughs> because you know great. that like all of that was the force. Yes, right. None of it is his physical body. Thank you. Yes, I, I did. I loved that about you. Right. I loved that that he was able. People to... People hate on that man. I know, they but hate I on don't. It so hard, but I'm like the dude. Literally, let the force flow right. through him. Right. And well, to me, that solidified too. To me, the power of Vader because Vader is like you know literally a man that's been sliced up 
and everything else. And I mean, that's how I always envisioned him. That's what sustained him was the force. Yeah. You know, that, that kept him going and that he was as powerful as he was. Cause he, I mean, he's nothing. He's got, he's got one arm and yeah. nothing else, you know? I mean, everything has been lopped off. Literally nothing else. <laughs> Literally nothing. He's else. just an arm. Yeah. No, I mean, it's arm. just a large like, arm. <laughs> it's just a mangled fleshy patch. He's an arm with broken Down arms. There. We saved off. a hand. <laughs> Could you glue it to my face? I'll have an itch. I don't know why Anakin's British. Because <laughs> I, I can't do a Hayden Christensen voice. Hayes. <laughs> But I, yeah, I did love that. I love the Dooku character, man. Yeah, I know he absolutely. gets a lot of hate too. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know why, because his name is Count Dooku. There is no nothing that a sexual assassin like Christopher Lee could do to save a character <laughs> named Count Dooku. Like that is so. That is so Lucasian. It is so George Lucasian to have a character named Count. Dooku. I mean, it's like it's like okay, and, and a guy yeah, that used Darth to be Count Vader Dracula in the seventies, Darth yeah. Maul, <laughs> and Luke Skywalker. But Count Dooku, really, dude? See, I kind of uh, liked it. I loved, I loved his backstory. I loved that he was a Jedi. I didn't understand he, it at the time, but he he came from aristocracy, and you know, he kind of went back to that. And I just, I loved all that. That man. wasn't in the book. I, I love his like <laughs> it was, in those in the book. when he's talking to Obi Wan while he has him captured. He's like, oh. I try to get you out of here as soon as I can. I just, you know, I'm probably right now. <laughs> yeah. There will be no eagles to rescue you here. And what? Uh, Nothing. What? Never mind. Now, Count Dooku was in the, uh, that one novel with, uh, yeah, at the, Asajj. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ventress. And the dude, what has the dreadlocks? Yeah. Quinlan Voss. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, uh, that gave me, that gave that character a bit more depth. Yeah, yeah I never, well. I never did end up reading anything with any Dooku that would do that for me. So the, yeah, Fun I've never read anything with Dooku yeah, in it he, other than the movie. He books. collected uh, all the Jedi lightsabers. Of- yeah, you're not going to score points with me like that because literally, so did every other villain. Well, all right. Every I'm if you want, he's as good as every other villain. <laughs> There's some crappy ones on there. May I remind you of the flying hut from the comics. But he series. had <laughs> six. He had six thousand lightsabers. Gracchus the hut. I'm kidding. I don't, I don't remember. So, Garrick, did we get you on Attack yeah. of the Clones? So, yeah, I mean, Hayden Christensen was pretty awful, but there are two really good scenes. Uh, one scene when he finds out his mom's been captured by the the Tuscan Raiders. And that scene when he's yeah. on the speeder flying across the Tatooine desert. Uh, I just, I don't know. I just love that scene. Yeah. The music nope. and the, the cinematography, I think was probably some of the best in that whole, probably the best in that whole movie. And then the point up to where his mother dies and he gets that look on his face. Like, and you're like, oh shit, things about to go down. And he exits yeah. the tent and just ignites his lightsaber. You're like, ah, yeah. ah, crap. Did you, you did know, you, the uh, best part about that scene is what happened at uh celebration of the story that, you know, Mike ran into, uh, Oh, the guy that was carrying his yeah, dead. That's mom. the best part of that. <laughs> I still want to find that guy and apologize. <laughs> For Mike not letting him get where he needed to go because Mike needed to stop giggling before he would even bother taking the photo that he stopped the guy to take. Here's here's the thing about Hold that. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> and the guy's like sitting there going, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta find that picture and post it. It's, it's pretty good. 
But here's here's my problem with that scene, Garrett, because I, I love that scene, too. But I had read the book prior to going to the movie. And in the book, that whole scene oh, is amazeballs. It's scary. Oh, it is yeah. amazeballs. Because in the book, you really, you get, the, I mean, there's reverberations in the force. Yeah. I mean, there's things like, that are explained that, like, that like it's that moment. It's not just a Jedi turning dark. It's Vader being born. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That was, that, that moment in the book is when Vader was born yeah and it was it's whoa <laughs> it's giving me chills i know now I'm, i seriously her. like want to like take it up to bed with me i'm gonna pull it off the shelf like this is happening no, Ari, right. Ari salvatore wrote attack of the clones the, he did and i was really really worried about yeah, that because right. i did not like vector prime right. and so when george lucas handpicked him to write attack of the clones and this is very soon after vector prime had come out i was like are you kidding me the dude who literally wrote the least star wars star wars book ever <laughs> now and it's not just because of the subject matter with all the using vong anus doors and stuff like that and had it be weird it was because it just didn't feel right it didn't feel like star wars which is something that you've heard us say about you know other media lately <laughs> Right. But um, it, I hated that book. I couldn't understand anything that was happening in the book. It just didn't mold in well. But Lucas liked it so much right. that he handpicked him to write Attack of the Clones. I'm like, crap. And then I read Attack of the Clones. I was like, all right, I'm going to go read some of his D&D stuff because this book yeah. was pretty damn good. Dritz, and I did. His Dritz novels are amazing. I know. I read three of them right after I read Attack of the Clones because I was just like, okay, this guy got sidled with something weird when it comes to Vector Prime. <laughs> I want to read more. And then I read, and, and Vector Prime also has like no personality. It's so dark and everything. But then I go back and I read the Dristo Erden books and it's like, holy crap. Like it's D and D, but there's like humor and sarcasm and stuff. It's, yeah. This is a whole new concept to me. It starts out in the dark elf society that literally has no humor, but somehow it's still really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that's that scene. Stuff. That scene too, when they're, all the stuff is happening in the force. Like I, I think in the movie, you can hear uh, Qui Gon yell out, you know, Eric and no, you know. Yeah. But it, I hate it because it was so truncated in the movie. In yeah. in the book, I mean, it's really, it's like it's him calling out to him, like begging him not to do this. Yeah, it's like, ugh, um, it's pretty cool. If you if you, if you, you do nothing the else, me, Mike, I take it no. back. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually it's great. It's yeah. the greatest. It really is the greatest scene. And that if, was a that if was you a crazy if you feel scene. like going back and uh, help, just pick up that book and just read that scene. Yes. You're gonna be like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> What's the page number? Buck I wish I knew. <laughs> Probably could. I get Probably it. Now I have to download it, it for and a listen to nothing it. off my shelf. Because I got it. Actually, I think Barnes you can. I think at Barnes and Noble now, or Bo yeah, it's Barnes and Noble, right? Yeah, that Borders we isn't a Borders thing. is no no go no go anymore. No no go. But they, <laughs> you know how they have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they take the classics. No, we'll go to, we'll they go. take the classics and they leather bound them over there. Yeah. yeah, I think they've done that with actually the the the, the Star Wars movies. Novels? Yeah. Oh wow. Right. So check that yeah, out. they've they've leather bound those together wow. like in one giant um, tome. Yeah, it's like a Bible. <laughs> you get that in Jurassic Park. <laughs> this is my holy text. The Jurassic Park movies. Yeah. Nice. Your holy pecs. My holy texts. Oh. So that leads us to Revenge of the Sith, man. Opening battle. Opening battle. <laughs> yeah. Ding it. Done. Done. <laughs> I've been wanting to see that kind of a space battle where there's not a kid going, let's try spinning. That's a good trick. Instead, you got buzz For rates. my whole life until that point. So up until the moment they actually got on to Grievous General. You're right. Grievous. Up to that up to that point, yeah. too. You're General right. Grievous. Because 
Well, because yeah. Phantom Menace battles, you know, in space was just kind of, yeah, because the spinny thing and it just and it wasn't, wasn't as impactful. Pilots that really, up till anything. Revenge of the Sith, I mean, the best space battle we had had up to that point, which still stands pretty tall in my head, is Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Where it's like all the TIE fighters. I, yeah. You and pull, you come out of hyperspace and, and all those TIE fighters come in, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But um, then we get Rogue One. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, man. I'm not going to be able to sleep now. Thanks, Howie. I'm going to sleep on my back tonight. I have to watch all 10 of these movies tonight. <laughs> Damn um, it. But yeah, like, I mean, at this point, we had not gotten other than Return of the Jedi. Right. A big space battle. And of course, even then, Return of the Jedi is all fixed shots and stuff like that because that's all they could do. Mm-hmm. So here we get the full CG effect, uh, the battle over Coruscant, seeing yeah. like just the first shots of like the two Jedi starfighters coming in, cruising over the edge of that destroyer, and then both of them turning in tandem and diving. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like they're turning upward, but you're Toward diving planet, downward. Yeah. And I, and I, I you mark your mark your bingo cards. But man, watching that on a D box was amazing. Yeah. I love yeah. how the the main oh. title like melded into like a battle march when they when it scrolled down. See so that you know Star Wars main title, and then immediately scrolls down. And it's like dun 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 dun. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're like yep. in the midst of battle. Oh, yes. yeah. the music just transitioned <laughs> flawlessly. Oh, that was amazing. The rest of the movie is all right. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember they, they showed that opening sequence at, at the celebra- Celebration 3 that we went to in Indianapolis. So they... We got a pre-screen. They went, they had, they brought in a giant digital theater projector into this big-ass conference. Yeah, room. right. And the screen went from one wall all the way to the other wall. Huge. I mean, you, I don't know where you would have to live to have a, just a regular run-of-the-mill theater be that Right, big. and this is like 2004, 5, something like that, that they did this. Yeah. And like digital projection was a new thing. Yeah, and they were literally saying, we are trying to make everybody get these. This is where THX right. and stuff, we're, or no, THX was before that. This is when they were trying to get everybody to upgrade to DLP. Right. And they're like, we're banding together with James Cameron and a bunch of other people so that you can see this quality. Because, I mean, we they didn't even turn the lights all the way out. Right. And I mean, this thing was monstrous. It had scaffolding around it <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. And like, it looked like a really, it looks like a giant star Wars droid, like in the back of the room. Right. And, um, and they fire this thing up and the image quality was, amazing. it blew me out of my seat. I was like, wow. So here's the problem. There was no sound, right? Yeah. There was no sound <laughs> and they kept playing it and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with the sound. And then they got it on. They got the sound on like partway through and they show this whole, battle scene and we're all losing our minds and like well because we had a problem we're we gonna have to play it, it one more time <laughs> and the whole and place so erupts with the place i mean it's like screaming like the freaking new kids concert i got dragged to <laughs> when i was a kid like i mean everybody the lose screen. their minds yeah <laughs> they they started back up again i mean in the in the picture quality is like nothing we'd ever seen yeah Ugh. ever and and again the lights weren't even off right they were down, but not off. And they play it again, and we lose it, and they get up and talk, and then they played it a third yeah. time. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh. We just we couldn't believe it. We yeah. could not it believe was, it. It was something else, man. Buzz droids can eat my ass, but yeah. <laughs> at least Timothy Zahn made them kind of cool. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yep. Thrawn. So, I, yeah, I, uh, I, opening battle sequence, Um, I hate, I hate everything that happens on Mustafar. And that was a major, that was my biggest disappointment. So yeah, I'll, I'll jump Mustafar, right into my invert. Mustafar, yeah. it had no reason why it was that way. Yeah. I mean, when you take two people who are shot on a green screen standing still yeah. and you CG them onto little droids I that are know. moving around. Right. It just doesn't. 
It doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. What is this? What is this? Like, is, is, is Spy Kids? What is this? Yeah. Um, I, I think the he's saber dancing in the in the boardroom yeah. there where they're just swinging their lightsabers around each other. Like, right. look at the cool trick I can do. Well, I can right. do the same cool trick. It's pretty colors. <laughs> I, 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 I hated all that. I mean, you and McGregor killing younglings. Like, I wanted to throw up in the movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> so the whole end of the movie outside of Yoda and pa- Palpatine's fight, that's, I like that. Yeah. I like, and then the very, very end. I like, I like too. when Bale rolls up on the Jedi temple. Oh, it's yeah, like, you need right? to leave. He's like, but, but <laughs> Jedi, oh, he's dead. Uh, yeah. gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Peace. So bail it out. is. Whoa. Bail out. Bail out. Sorry. I did bail out. <laughs> Yeah. Dot com. Bail out, bailed bail bailed out. Nailed it. I like there there's a there's a scene toward the end where Anakin hasn't turned yet. I think it's when he's told he's already confronted Palpatine and he's told Mace, and Mace and the two others have gone to arrest um Palpatine. Sheevers. And he's standing in the temple and, and there's these, this quiet scene where the, yeah, I don't know. I, you like the I, little kid turning around when he ignites his saber and the kids stand. No, <laughs> not the scene, buddy. There's just, there's just a quiet scene We've between hiding brilliantly, right? It flashes there. between Anakin and Padme. And at, that, that, to me, that was, there was an emotional thing going on there that, that still tugs at me a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be before he had turned, and I, I just to me in that moment, um, you know, Anakin felt helpless and didn't know what to do, and and you know that's when he makes the decision to go, you know, try to stop them from you know killing Palpatine, and and uh, I, that was impactful to me. I like that scene. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't because <laughs> yeah. it's all it's it's like the emotional feelies, but no, I, I like I emotional like feelies when it's not tacky and dumb. I it like was, it was not. It, it wasn't perfectly. It wasn't perfectly <laughs> done. It was not perfectly done, but uh, they got close there. So I, I like that one. I agree to disagree. <laughs> Just on that they got close part. I, I can't. I can't grant you that one. I, I like. The, well, I like the part when they executed Order sixty six. Yeah, yeah, that, that was, was pretty impactful. Yeah. It was. I. I. No, I'm, I'm going to be dead the, honest the with you. The montage to the, the music. The montage, right, the montage and, and the score behind it yeah, was the pretty The score impactful. was balls, But that, those scenes were, it was impactful because you knew it was happening. Right. I don't think, I feel like they could have easily done that a hundred times better. Yeah, some of it. I like, mean, seriously, Ayla Sakura, Ayla Sakura hey, get yeah. that, get the graphic designer painter blue and just have her fall down awkwardly. Right, like yeah. <laughs> it was there was there were some major flaws with an otherwise like, hugely. I, I mean, it's even, literally the climax of of six. It's the climax of six movies. Mm-hmm. Right. It needed to be spot on. Yeah, and the Kiati Mundi part was pretty. He cool, like turns around that last look. He's like, oh, dude. Yeah, the Plo Koon one. I'm like, who's this dude with the face and then yeah Keanu Mooney's like okay there's uh, Ayla Sakura Sakura just falls down like I don't it doesn't even look like they shoot her they just shoot her general direction (laughs) you know I don't you don't see any of them land she just turns around and then like like I'll lay down right here like it's just so (laughs) awkward (laughs) so awkward could be in a buzzkill court it's a it's an impactful scene but (laughs) it's an impactful scene because of the subject not because of the execution sure sure. and then except for the music on Yoda and he cuts off their head yeah, He's like, take that. Oh. And then uh, and then establishes a new lightsaber cannon where he throws a lightsaber that just sticks halfway through. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was through his chest, man. Oh, was it through his chest? Oh, yeah. 
You talk about when they're assaulting the temple? Yeah, and he's just running along, just laying waste. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yoda sends yeah. him off. Yeah, he threw the lightsaber and it went halfway through. And I don't know if any of us ever decided whether how much resistance you would have while lopping through a, a person. <laughs> no, he intentionally did that. He held it there with the force just yep. for effect. Yeah, Clark yeah. Torrance. better. It they does. actually, I think they animated it that way, and Lucas didn't want it. He thought it was too graphic. Mm-hmm. But then I think there was a decision to make it a PG thirteen at that point, and they left it in. Oh, I remember think I think I read that oh, or saw that. In chopped him in half then. Too graphic. Yeah, exactly. There's no blood on the floor. Where's the bloody stump on the floor, Lucas said. Cauterized it. <laughs> well, there was one in a new home, but... Uh, you know what? Okay. Replace all the lightsabers with walkie-talkies. Lucas, out! <laughs> Thanks, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Gosh. No film country for rich old men. <laughs> but yes, the, the very end scene when uh, Leia and Luke are dropped off. Those are pretty impactful. Yeah. Those were those were favorites. Both favorites. And, and she remembers part, her buddy. mother quite fondly. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a flaw. Dying. She's dying of a broken heart. Look, I had to I had to retcon <laughs> that in my brain that How do you retcon force. it? That it was the force that allowed her to have memories of her mom. I had to retcon it somehow. Maybe her mom came to her in the Thanks. force and sang to her in the force. <laughs> there you go. There, nailed it. No. Head in your face, Howie. Actually, I always loved that until Revenge of the Sith. I always thought, I, I really thought that Padme was going to live um, because of Return of the Jedi, where she yeah. says she's got memories. And I always loved that. There was actually quite a few people that went in the theater that went, huh? Yeah. Like and when I saw it. I I wish that she would have. I thought that would have been like just like she died interesting. like 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 she was somehow like dying over the course of a few years under the care yeah. of Bail Organa. Right. Yeah, like that yeah. she was in exile and in in they hiding. Her, and, yeah. yeah, right. Sadder. That, that more sad. It would have been. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been a lot sadder because then it's like, well, Luke didn't even get a chance. He <laughs> sees dying. He never got a chance. <laughs> Sorry if I accidentally write shit better than Hollywood. Sorry guys. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> or we should have just had, you know, Anakin lop off a few limbs and she was just a quadriplegic. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I guess that works. Well, she could get robot. Or you could just pull a Yoda and make a Padme kebab. <laughs> well, that you explains why she was sad. Padme <laughs> Wow. So, I know you like space apples. Here's one. <laughs> now I'm putting you on a spit. Oh, We're having a lava based Padmecue. <laughs> We're going to have some sloppy dollars over here. <laughs> well, I mean, Star Wars is a Star Wars without someone losing limbs. That's right. Could have used a few more, right? She did. She lost the eight that were inside of her. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she died. Child. You're awful. Man. Died of childbirth. Man. No, she died of a broken heart. They didn't know it was wrong. <laughs> she died of a fucking broken heart. No. I want to see. No. The, I want to see these droids' medical credentials. <laughs> Where did you go to I school? Think these, I think. What? What? What's these? These droids say property of the Pikes. <laughs> Where, where are these droids from? I don't know. They smell like spice. <laughs> Wait a minute. These droids escaped from Kessel <laughs> in a few years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and the droids just both yell, gotta go. What they what they really meant to say is that, you know, a severed 
aorta. <laughs> Her heart was literally right. broken heart. You know, it's the strangest saying. One of the one of the one of the infants, uh, one of the, just reached out a hand and then in the it was popped the right off. It was the force. They didn't know what they're doing. Yeah, they're, they're just they're a little baby. Like mommy. I want to go back. Yeah. That's why Luke was so scared of Kylo's power. <laughs> because he knows. I killed my mom. He knows <laughs> that even a little bitty baby can murder its its mommy by force pulling out a heart valve. Just right off of there. <laughs> You can't treat they enough back to for that. Nope. You can't you can't slap a patch on that or stick you in a PP suit or whatever that was at Fenwar. I'm liking this movie more and more now. <laughs> That's actually a much better spin if it you think is. if it's just Luke and Leia were in the womb. They were in the womb holding hands and they're like, finally, it is our time to leave this shell. <laughs> Let us destroy it so that we may never be put it, put back within its fleshy walls again. Fleshy walls. <laughs> they're just like clawing holes in the uterus. <laughs> never again. Uh, it's like a scene from Aliens. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> they both pop out. <laughs> oh, hello, my baby. Hello, my baby. <laughs> hey, that's baseball. That's baseball. <laughs> come on, come on. I'll have the special. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have what he's having. <laughs> All right, let's let's finish this. Howie, any favorites from the Revenge? It's of the got Sith? Hayden Christensen in it. <laughs> his favorite part, man, dude. You're a hater. You're not I like, supposed to hate. I like Go back to your basement. I like how the babies killed their mother. That's, <laughs> yeah, I know. We just we just created the best part that we just did. Yep. <laughs> now, since we powerful. talked about the book versions of the other movies, I would like to point out that the whole uh, becoming one with the Force thing is much better explained. Oh yes, I mean, right. we had to learn a little bit about it, kind of pseudo from Rebels. Even uh, I yes. think you got hints of it in Rebels, but Clone in Wars. the book for Attack of the Clones, Clone, Clone Wars is where you find the most exposition. Oh, really? Other than the book, yes, yeah. because in um, and actually, I was like after because. At that time, just as a reminder, they would release the novels about a week before they would release and the movies. When we would the, we would yeah. binge read these yep. before the movies, and I was actually really looking forward to Revenge of the Sith because I I thought the after reading that was awesome. Well, I thought that Qui Gon was going to be back. Yeah, we, because uh, we there is a big scene with Qui Gon where I mean, well, essentially what happens just like you see in the movie Yoda communes with him yeah figures out that he's there yeah and but it it's there's a lot of exposition in the book about it and how it happens and, and all that good stuff rather and than that. the very end of the movie they just go oh by it, the way it's like one yeah, yeah one, one line <laughs> Qui-Gon talk to your old master I did mm-hmm. let's go get some Ritz crackers Qui-Gon Jin. oh <laughs> he does say it that way doesn't he yes. Qui-Gon Jin. <laughs> Oh how many Qui-Gons do you know I exactly? Know you. <laughs> yeah, how many Qui-Gons know you? <laughs> I don't know. I've been known by a lot of Qui-Gons in my day. Qui-Gon S. Yoda, don't get Qui-Gon me started. <laughs> but yes, the, there's Qui-Gon a lot Jones more. was a hoot. <laughs> that guy. 
You haven't partied till you've partied with Qui-Gon Jones. Qui-Gon Jack and Qui-Gon Daniels. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I was disappointed to find out that uh, they didn't get Liam Neeson back. Oh, yeah, that was that was disappointing. But also not surprising. Ultimately, <laughs> Completely not surprising. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah. Schedule some movies about punching throats. <laughs> Good movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, what you did? He punched. He punched a few throats. You can tell how late it is by how easily my jokes are landing on Howie and Mike right now. Oh, anyhow, so that's our rehash, man. That of, was a great meaty discussion yeah. about the prequels, which we don't give enough depth, deep attention to. We, it's easy to make well, jokes. Yeah, we don't. We really don't talk about a lot of what we like about them. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, I kind of want to go back and watch him, which I have a feeling I'm still going to regret part way in. No, I'm not. But you know what? Honestly, I'm really psyched about going back and reading them. But here's the problem. I don't know if I have a copy of Phantom Menace. Oh. Because you got me on board with Attack of the Clones. I think I have two copies. I might have to give you one. All right. I'll trade you Phantom Menace for one of my three uh, Cassian Andor Black Series. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think I have one with Anakin on the cover and, and one with Zuvio, Padme. Unless you want to keep them. If you want to get rid of if you want to unload one, I'll trade yeah, you. Yeah, I might unload. Yeah. All yeah. right. I gotta get I'm still unpacking, so give me a minute. But <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I, I want to read them now. So geez. Speaking of unpacking, we've given you the listener a lot to unpack tonight. So won't you please follow us on Twitter at FlyCasual1138, where you can take part in the conversation with us, and we uh, we can take part in the conversation. You give us your questions, stuff you want to hear us talk about on the air, or just uh, feedback, uh, part of that sweet, sweet, positive feedback loot. Oh, it feels so good. Everyone wants my opinion on everything. Mm. And then after you're done with that, go out wherever you get the podcast. Give us a nice little review so we can reach some more listeners because it's a big growing family. Why, we're almost three Duggars worth. So uh, do that, and we would be mighty appreciative. In the meantime, I'm Corey. Over there's Mike. See you later. Over there's Howie. Yep. Over there's Karen. Phantom Menace was written by Terry Brooks, and some of you might not know this, but he is considered the second biggest selling living fantasy writer just behind J.K. Rowling. There you go. Really? Yep. Sort of Shannara. That dude sold a lot, apparently. There you have it. Yeah, oh, I'm going to say, uh, that dude's kind of what you would call prolific. Yes. That was a hiccup he, that came that at means the end. I didn't guess with my own stuff. statement. He done. He done. And we are too, so Jellerinos. I just gotta catch up with those guys.